Ladies and gentlemen, I am Sam the SLB, and alongside me today is the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, Vince McMahon's voice of reason, the Nostradamus of professional wrestling, Scott. We are coming to you from Above the Ring, Ship It Studios' premier wrestling podcast, covering all things from AEW to WWE worldwide on Monday morning, Turner Time. Scott, how are we doing this week? Sam, it's almost Vegas time. So as you can tell, I am hyped the fuck up. <laughs> we are so, so hyped as you can see i'm we're, this is a very serious moment i have no glasses on today if you're watching this on youtube <laughs> very serious episode um if you guys want to do so please make sure you follow scott's review nxt narrative and smackdown study that drop on tuesdays wednesdays and saturdays respectively we'll go through the quick calendar boys and girls ladies and gentlemen this week the 28th well yeah the 28th stardom has its stardom flash and champions event also on the 28th, we're going to keep in mind, GCW will have its Downward Spiral event. We will be there for our first GCW event. We are looking forward to it. Following day, ladies and gentlemen, Double or Nothing 2022. This card is looking to be a banger. Scott and I, keep an eye out for us. Well, more for Scott because you're not going to see me. It's a hype thing. (laughs) Wild card, we'll talk about that in a minute. June 4th, WWE NXT In Your House. On the 5th, see, we're bringing back the NXT, the uh, NXT WWE back-to-back pay-per-view here. Mm-hmm. Hell in a Cell on the 5th. On the 11th, NWA is always ready. On the 12th, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion at Osaka, Joe Hall, followed by Cyber Fight Festival. AAA has a Triple Mania in Tijuana. The 19th, Impact's Slam Anniversary. The 23rd, MLW's Battle Riot 4. Last but not least, on the 26th. AEW returns with New Japan Pro Wrestling for the Forbidden Door. The hype doesn't end when we leave Vegas, folks. No. The hype only gets crazier with that pay-per-view. We have one more week. Next week is our go-home show. You will hear our picks. It's the start of the new season. Scott's looking forward to defend his Ship It Studios championship <laughs> against me, the Riddler, and Mr. Zach. We will have our picks for you guys. Please stay in touch and stay in tune. Double or Nothing so far is looking to be a crazy card. Mm. Even the pre-show, we got Hook and Danhausen. Hookhausen. I will be buying that shit while we're out there, Scott. My I know, boys. I know. See that <laughs> Tony Neeson, Smart, Mark Sterling. I think Scott and I already had this idea that, hey, this is going to be, um, what did we say? We said, you know, actually, I think you said, you don't know if Mark is actually going to wrestle here. So it's true because injury. He's- yeah, yeah, exactly. He's technically injured, so this could be a two-on-one thing, or actually, it might just be him versus uh, uh, versus Hook and Dan Housen just kind of sits there and tries to shoot curses off. So who knows? Yes, yes. I was going to go through the rest of the card quickly, but I realized there's still stuff on here we have to talk about later on in the show, so we can talk about the card later. GCW's downward spiral, though, on the 28th. So far, we have Matt Cardona taking on Blake Christian. Tag team of Alex Colon and John Wayne Mardark taking on Drew Parker and Rena Yamashita. Singles match, Johnny Game Changer taking on Joey Janela. That one, the moment Scott and I were looking at this before <laughs> recording, that just became top of the card for me. Like, yep. I'm just, I need to see this match. And then finally at the moment, Mike Bailey versus Chris Bay. Keep in mind, Scott and I were just looking at this. What did you say? We're looking at, was it 8 p.m.? Yeah, 8 p.m. Pacific to 2 a.m. And I was just like, 
Oof. We still have to make sure that we're not jet lagged by that point because that's going to be a long night. And then the next one, actually that same day, then we got, um, <laughs> we got double or nothing. So it's going to be a long, long two days of wrestling, but I'm so excited for it. What is that? That's Saturday. So we do have a day. I don't know about you. Well, we probably should talk about this off air, but I'm cool with sleeping in that on yeah, right? Friday. <laughs> sleeping in, kind of playing a little catch up. No, but that being said, looking forward to it. Also on the calendar, Wrestling Entertainment Series, the promotion from the former Authors of Pain was announced for their debut show, I believe on June 4th in Nottingham. Is it the 4th? Around that time? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Very quick. So they must have been working on this for a while, unless they're going with the CYN route, where they're just kind of like, oh, we're going to end up in a fucking hall. We don't need no entrance. We're just going to... But this card looks interesting. It does. This it card does. looks interesting. It's not even like former WWE stars. It's strict former strictly WWE stars, some of them. Some people who have never wrestled out of the company. That's always fascinates me. Mm. Um, WWE were former, obviously, Adam Shear, part of CYN. Um, taking on... MMA and kickboxing legend Alistair Overeem for the WES World Championship. We're already having championship matches. Right. Kind of iffy about that. Starting right off a hot, just to get, give, give all your champions and then go from there. I mean, it's good. I, I, I don't know. For me, I always like to do some type of tournament to, to establish a champion, but that's that's just because I'm obsessed with, with tournaments. So, <laughs> Well, that, and I think for me, and I think you – you know, you know, if somebody comes in, oh, yeah, we're just going to put these two people against each other, give them a championship, boom. You know, with the way AEW did it, we knew we were going to have a title. We just didn't know what it was going to look like and when we were going to see it. Right. When we finally saw it and they announced it was going to be all out and then we were going to have, I don't remember, was it like some little tournament? It was kind of like a mini tournament almost. Yeah. Yeah, kind of going into it. And then, yeah, ended up it being Jericho and, and, and Hangman Adam Page. It gave it some prestige, you know? Correct. Um. Here you have two people who've never wrestled for this new company before, and they're going to come in. One of them's going to win and take the title. Boom. Um, co-main event, Lena Finine. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. Nia Jax. Yep. Taking on Lana Perry, or CJ Perry, formerly as Lana, for the women's title. So already off the bat, one of these women who've never – no, that's not a lie. Nia Jax had the women's title at one point, right? Yep. Yeah. So one of the lower – just just interesting, you know, um, Legion of Pain, you know, um, former Authors of Pain, they're going up against Weston Blake and Steve Macklin for the tag title. Excuse me. Killer Cross, Samurai Del Sol, forming Kalisto and Jonah in a triple threat. That one should bang. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my God. And then the wor- Women's World Tag Team titles, they're going doing this off the bat. Right. Uh, Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood take on Deanna Perrazzo and Chelsea Green. That that sounds like that's gonna. That be sounds like a good one too. Yeah. So this sounds like I don't know. I'm curious. I might try to get my hands on this to kind of see what they do here. This could flop. It might not. Um. I almost feel like we have we're starting to get some settled promotions. I almost feel like we need some NWA like promotions at this point, mm. you know. And I hope that's the route they go, but who knows? They're over in England. Yeah, I mean, let them grow. I mean, 
UK wrestling is is still pretty hot. Uh, I know they had a, a really really hot time frame for a little while, and then WWE kind of swooped in and stole a whole bunch of talent and a few companies. <laughs> it's kind of watered it down a little bit, but hey, if they can get some traction, go. I'm all for it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and again, we'll keep an eye out. We probably will watch it just like we've been watching CYN. Not watching, but being like, hey, yeah, this is still going on. Yep. Um, but that being said, we want to talk just about some big news that happened this week. A lot of WWE news. Mm. First and foremost, Stephanie McMahon announced that as the chief brand officer, she was going to step down and focus on family. I don't think there's any speculation here. I don't think there's really anything to talk about except that, you know, obviously with Triple H having his cardiac uh, issue, you know, she runs, she pretty much runs the family business. It's a family business, whether it be a public company, you know, they've always been in the limelight up front. You know, I think she probably definitely needs to take time at this point. Absolutely. I'm sure. My God. Um, But funny enough that you talked about that. um, It was also recently, um, and not advised, but recently said that Triple H is now back full time. So it's kind of like they, you know, two ships sailing across the bay <laughs> at night. One goes in, one comes out. I'm sure Steph needs some time off. Uh, God bless her. I, you know, dealing with the nonsense I'm sure that goes on at <laughs> WWE corporate on a daily basis. So good for her. Let her have some time off. She'll probably, uh, whenever she comes back, you know, maybe she'll make an on-screen appearance. That would be nice. Uh, I actually kind of miss having them on television. I miss an actual, like, authority. And obviously, no offense to Adam Pierce because he's doing a great job as well, but it's not the same. It's not Triple H's music. It's not Stephanie's music. There's no slaps going on, you know, stuff like that. It's just... I would like to see whenever, no, whenever they, whenever they can, come back out and just you know, reestablish their dominance. There are very few people out there. Even, even I remember being at the, the raw after WrestleMania for WrestleMania 33. I think nobody got a bigger pop aside from the Hardys that weekend than when Vince McMahon walked out. <laughs> so when a McMahon comes out, despite whatever, you know, we, we, the stuff we've talked about the company with a company, you know, we don't like their creative, their direction, whatever it might be. Yeah. The McMahon's pop. Oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah. You know, whether it be Shane, whether it be Stephanie. Fuck, even if Linda comes out, you know. It's very true. They pop for everybody. So, you know, hopefully she gets some time off. I know some people had speculations. I was joking for like a week being like, ah, oh, this is confirmed. Stephanie McMahon going to... Uh, AEW, yeah. you know, obviously that's not the case, but it was fun because, you know, with the world we live in now, yep. you know, it's just fun, fun to dick around. That being said, um, this week we ta- um, WWE announced new women's tag team champions in John Laurinaitis. <laughs> that's right. John Laurinaitis <laughs> was able to make a quick win over Sasha Banks and Naomi by the, I don't know. Empire. Just people power. That's people that, power, that, that was, was it. Able to, you know, force them to just come up, show up into his office, get upset and place the belts down. Boom. He's your new women's tag team titles. Now, in all seriousness, though, this is an interesting story because I. There are things about this that I don't know if they're if this is kayfabe. 
I'm not sure if this is something that's really been going on, if there's some real tension right now. And Scott, I'm going to let you uh, take the lead on this one because I'm kind of I'm kind of curious. It's it's an interesting situation um, from what I've read and um, heard. Apparently, there was there was supposed to be a six pack challenge on Monday Night Raw this past week. And the winner was supposed to be the next challenger for uh, Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell. And this was advertised like days before, during the beginning of Raw. And then all of a sudden, there was a quick about face, and it was just going to be Becky Lynch and Asuka. So we lose four people. So I'm like, what's going on? I know. I mean, I know Raw, they rip up, sometimes they rip up their scripts halfway through the show and figure out what they're going to do. So I just, I really didn't think nothing of it. I was just like, all right, well, if kind of look at it, there's starting to have a program between Dewdrop and Nikki ASH and Sasha Banks and Naomi for the women's title, a tag title. So I was like, all right, maybe they're changing something so that they can focus on a program, maybe for Hell in a Cell. Then as the show's going on, Twitter starts blowing up, talking about how Sasha and Naomi actually just upped and left the show which I thought, I thought was kind of weird. I'm like, okay, whatever, Just see what happens. And then more details start coming out. And apparently there was, there was arguments between the agents and Naomi and Sasha. They were told to change their attitudes uh, and a whole bunch of ridiculous shit. We didn't find out, I think, until the day after or maybe even on Wednesday that Sasha and Naomi decided that they've had enough uh, that the women's division, especially the tag team division, has been getting no respect. Uh, Every time they come up with a team, they break them up within two, three weeks. So they have nothing to establish any type of base to challenge the champions. Hell, even Naomi and Sasha were thrown back together. They were team bad way back in the day, but it's been years since they've been a tag team. So even their pairing was kind of weird, Um, but it was just, yeah, we, we, you know, we, we joked a little bit about how John Laurinaitis now is the, you know, there to be women's tag team champion. Um, Apparently Sasha and Naomi took the belts. They walked into his office. They put it down. They said that not done. And then, they're not going to get any respect and they're going to go home. So they, they turn around and they left and WWE and all their WWE-ness decided to just bury them on air. Um, they had uh, Corey Graves do it on raw. And then Michael Cole had his own little tidbit on, on SmackDown. And I actually, while he was doing it, I was watching Pat McAfee's face the whole time. And Pat was basically how, I, how everybody else was. You just kind of like, is this really happening? Like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> so you would go off of like what Pat was reacting. Yes. Yeah. And it was just, I don't know. It For the beginning, I was thinking to myself, well, maybe this is, maybe this is a storyline because WWE doesn't normally go after their wrestlers um, if they make this type of decision. Um, I understand from their standpoint, they want to stand up for themselves they feel like their division and women in general and WWE don't really get as much time as they probably should. Um, I mean, I can understand that. I mean, lately it's been, well, maybe not lately, but you know, when the women's revolution released was in full swing. Yeah, they were, they were doing great. 
Uh, they've headlined WrestleManias, but recently I feel like they've they've gone backwards. The matches are shorter again. They don't really get a lot of storylines outside of the champions. And the tag team division, they just kind of were just like, ah, fuck it, whatever. We don't care. Um, whatever reason why they're like the, the upper management's like that, I don't know. Maybe it's the old misogynistic way of their thinking. I don't know. I don't really have an answer. It's just speculation. But the part of me that thinks that this might be a work, it might be a perfect way to turn both those ladies heel um, and they can officially join the bloodline. And who know? I don't know. It's just weird. The one thing that really kind of took me off guard yesterday was we I found out that they've completely removed all of Sasha Banks and Naomi's merchandise from WWEshop.com. So they have officially kind of they've also they they removed Sasha from the beginning, uh, then now and forever thing. They've removed Sasha from the NXT level up entrances as well. So they're they're trying to whitewash all of this out. And I don't know. It's I don't know what to think. Uh, This reminds me a lot of 2002 when Stone Cold walked out and how they tried to bury Stone Cold. Yeah, I was going to say, so like looking at this, it's one thing to remove somebody off the uh, off the opening video because you can use it as a storyline. Right. And it's not, you're not losing money. Sure, you might spend a little money editing, but to remove their merchandise. Yeah. I think is almost like the sign. That's what really kind of was like, oh, maybe this is legit and not an actual storyline. Unless they really want to go all, you know, balls deep into this thing and really kind of make it seem like Vince is pissed. So the yank everything. I don't know. It's, it's, it. I'm honestly right now about 70, 30, that this is a real thing and not, not a work. I'm, I'm almost convinced this is real. Um, I just, everything I've seen. And again, I understand in the world of, you know, professional wrestling, when we understand how it works, some people get very creative now where, you know, like where it's like, you're keeping kayfabe on like life support where you're like, is this? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and, and I'm almost, I'm almost leaning towards it's not because I remember when I'll, I'll jump over to AEW quickly. Um, when Stu Grayson got pulled, mm-hmm. you know, everyone was like, what's oh, this work? What's going on? Da, 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 da. And he was just like, no, contract's up. You know, we didn't, we couldn't agree on something, you know, wish for the best, blah, blah, blah. So I'm convinced at this point that this is not the key, that this is not a work. Yeah. Now, that being said, if it's not a work, these women have plenty of places to go. Right. But the thing is, WWE is not going to fire them. They've been indefinitely suspended as of SmackDown's um, telecast. Which, Which I guess even that makes it even weirder. Because you don't make that announcement if they're actually suspended. Right. Again, and that's what makes it a little confusing. It's just like, is this real? God damn it. I want to (laughs) know. And like, there's been uh, people, obviously, the internet is obsessed with with Sasha and actually uh, with Naomi as well. Like, they've scoured the internet. They've found, um, like, TikTok videos of Sasha Banks being out with her cousin's like she's partying up like nothing's wrong. So it's like, what the fuck is going on here? I also saw somebody posted, I don't know if you sent it to me or somebody did where Naomi removed the reference of WWE on her Twitter. 
Yes, I saw that too yesterday. Yeah, so I don't know if they're just feeding into this. I can't see it's this type of shit is compelling to me. Like I want to know what's going to happen. Like I need to obviously you know, what to be watching anyways, but it's like what's the next step? You know, if this if this is one fantastic storyline purpose, then what's the next thing? If it's not, if they're trying to bury you know, it's, it's going to be incredibly difficult to bury Sasha Banks because she's been in some of the most historic matches on the women in the women's division. So good luck with them trying to do that, because if you try to erase her, you're going to erase a lot of other people's history as well. So I don't know. It's ah, it's I feel like both Vince and, and probably Sasha are the two stubborn people here and they're going to hold out until somebody breaks and I don't know if either one of them are going to break honestly because Vince doesn't he doesn't give in on these things I don't think I've ever seen that happen so we'll see it'll be interesting yeah no it it will be it will be uh we'll be following it we obviously will be keeping keeping an eye out because if this is real again that's a whole nother door yeah if it's not real and this is all the work, you know, that could help elevate what they're already doing mm. and make them super relevant. Yeah. That being said, talk about relevant talent. This is what I want to talk about personally. I know you've already talked about this because he's always been a fan. I've been a fan of him for a while. We've been a fan of him for a while. There's a, there's a new talent on SmackDown. CEO, Max Dupree. Hmm. Formerly known on NXT as L.A. Knight. Formerly known in the rest of the wrestling world as Eli Drake. So let us talk to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not so familiar with what has occurred. I found this out recently. Mm-hmm. I think, you, I don't know if you sent it to me or I came across it and I was like, dude, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, I think I sent it to our, uh, one, of our, one of our group chats. So... They pulled LA Knight from NXT a while back, and he's been doing dark uh, matches on SmackDown, um, featuring, you know, being a mouthpiece, talking about how he has this new agency and he's going to, you know, start taking some some male wrestlers and kind of trying to enhance them. So I was like, well, that's a little disappointing because I'd like Ellie Knight as a wrestler, but I mean, the man can talk and he can, he can spin gold out of whatever he does. So I'm like, all right, whatever. We'll see what happens. So on this past SmackDown, he comes out and introduces himself as Max Dupree. And I'm just like, wait, they changed this. They changed this man's name again. Uh, so I was like, all right, well, if you think about it, it's a, it actually is a better name than LA Knight. Um, he could still do the Max Dupree, so it still works. Uh, I made a, a reference joke. I said, oh, is he a cousin of Rene Dupree, you know, from a long time ago? And um, it's just, I don't know. It's it, Honestly, you could name him whatever the hell you want. The man's going to make gold out of it, so... Uh, I get that. I think my thing here is you've already renamed him outside of his indie gimmick and to be like, yo, we're going to just like rework his character. Yeah. NXT, that's our other brand, but don't, don't take that as Kate. This is Kathleen Kennedy taking the star Wars universe and going, yeah, that, that stuff prior to us buying it. That's just the extended universe. That's, that's not Canon. 
Yeah. That's another yeah, that's another tangent I can go on because that was something else that came out this week and I was like, this woman is fucking cocoa puffs. <laughs> yeah, and I I let me tell you guys, I think OFR is gonna be back in full swing. So at some point you're gonna hear me go on these long tangents. I cannot wait. I cannot because, wait. Uh, like honestly. Okay, I can I can meet you halfway at the we don't want anybody having their indie names. We want to be able to own that merch. Guess what? If I'm a wrestler, I can either A, accept that deal and be like, you know what? This is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. I'm willing to do that. Or I go, nah, that's not for me. I want to keep doing what I'm doing and not take the offer. Right. That's one thing. It's another thing to pretty much go look at your third brand, which for a long time was the most successful brand over your other shows that have been around almost as long as I've been alive. Yeah. And be like, yeah, that one don't matter. That don't matter. Like, we'll not be surprised if Braun Breaker shows up with a brand new name. Honestly, I'd be happy if he did. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I I am not a fan of Braun Breaker. It seems so 90s cliche. It's literally right out of the new new generation. And I hate it. The man should just be a Steiner. End of story. He's a Steiner. And I get that. I get that. And I know there's someone like probably some backstage sheet from that. And I don't know how much Vince McMahon paid for uh, Scott Steiner to show up um, at the Hall of Fame. But... Figure this fucking out before you sign people. Mm. Fucking figure this out. Like, if he was Max Dupree in NXT and then he shows up, he's still Max Dupree, awesome. Right. If Braun Breaker, and I get it, I don't like the name either. Actually, you know what? Braun's not the problem. It's the Breaker name. Yes. And they said, we want you using your real name, Rex Steiner. Fucking right. baller name. Dude, right? action figures galore. Yes. Kids are going to want to be Rex Steiner. But even if you had Braun Steiner, I'll take it. Yep, still works. You know, the Steiner name is legendary. The Steiner name, were, it, it, there's some oomph to that name. Yep. But to sit there and already give him a new name, and then like, nah, we're going to bring you to another brand and pretend like that didn't happen. Fucking unreal. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, imagine uh, the almost horrid, horrid change of the man, the myth, the legend, the greatest in the business right, right now, our Lord and Savior, the leader of the first congregational church of Adam Cole, <laughs> Bebe. That's right. Could you imagine the fucking name change he would have gotten? They already said he, they wanted him to cut his hair. They wanted him to be a manager a, for Keith Lee. Yeah, and have a completely different name. And I was just like, oh my God, no wonder why he left. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Okay, if you're going with the manager, if you're going to go with the manager, cool. I understand the haircut. I understand, you know, you want him to be in a, kind of like Max Dupree. Granted, he's already has that kind of persona. Right. So I'm not so mad about him. Do, the, the name thing is where it gets me. But Adam Cole? Yeah. I get the haircut, but you're going to change his name and pretend Adam Cole never existed? Especially since he was your fucking moneymaker. Yep. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that either when, when they talked about that. It's just like, and also, why would you want him to be a manager and not a wrestler? Like, the man had a match with Daniel Bryan 
when they had some, I think it was a flight problem and NXT literally flew themselves from Orlando to Buffalo, I believe it was, and had probably some of the best stuff on that, on that one SmackDown. I think it was a, even an invasion angle going into Survivor Series, I believe. And you had Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan in a match that was just amazing. How would you not want that to be on a weekly basis? No, we're going to change him and turn him into a manager for Bearcat Keith Lee, who hated that gimmick to begin with, too. It's just, why are they making dumb decisions? (laughs) Doesn't make any damn sense. Uh, I'm sorry. This is why I want to bring it up, because, again, you know, two, two sides every coin, okay? Right. If the Sasha and Naomi thing is a work, it's a brilliant work, mm. and you can get them over. Even if you include them in the bloodline, this this is great storytelling. Yes. Okay. What they've been doing with Cody, and I've been following this so far. Cody has had a great run so far. Yes. Um, Roman Reigns is still. Every time I pop in, I remember that was one of the reasons why I stopped watching WWE at one point. But then it was like, you know, watching this character now, it's like, it's very compelling. Yes. And of course, you have one of the greatest minds behind him too. Right. Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. Like, it's incredible. And that's all great. And what they're doing with Edge and Judgment Day, you know, I kind of haven't really followed it, but I like the feel of what they were going with there. Yep. You know, what they've done with Becky to make her, you know, a heel. Mm-hmm. Again, this is this is the really good stuff. And anything Kevin Owens is in, we don't have to fucking talk about Owens. Owens, to me, Gold. might be one of the few got Kevin Owens and maybe AJ Styles are the two guys who can take shit and turn into gold. Yeah. I'd throw, I would throw Sami Zayn's name in there as well. Yeah, Sami Zayn. Oh, former Ring of Honor guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but then we go to this coin. And you're like, Why? <laughs> exactly. Especially no when, especially, we're going to, I'm looking at the art, Max Dupree, the CEO of the Maximum Male Models. Yeah. I thought we were trying to be a family brand. Yep. And now we're doing male, again, it's nothing to do with male. This is, this is, again, mixed signals here. Mixed signals here. I'm not saying we need to bring divas back. Right. I'm saying the divas need to exist. But also now we're gonna now we're gonna have male models. Well, you you know that these guys are eventually gonna become male enhancements. So this is gonna be what jobber squad? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but it, it, I just have that feeling um, because he's been working with former Retribution member Mace on a lot of the dark matches, so. Whether he gets a whole brand new name, I God, I hope so. Because then, then I feel even worse for T-Bar, where he should just go back to Dominic Dajakovic, but that's a whole other soapbox that I don't feel like getting on right now. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens. Um, if, if they want to infuse new talent back into SmackDown, I'm all for it. Um, like I talked about on the SmackDown study, they kind of did that a little bit with the with the women. Um, surprisingly enough, uh, this past week. So I already feel like Triple H has already got his hands in in things, being like, hey, let's uh let's make this look a little better for the for the TV. So who knows? I don't know. It's just 
I'm not overly upset with the name change. Um, It is a completely separate gimmick from LA Knight. So it kind of makes sense to me that they would change the whole package with it. I guess I get, I look at it. I'm not, I'm not, it's not so much the name because yeah, I think the name is that better than LA Knight. I think it's like, here's an example. Sega in the nineties. They had the Genesis. Awesome. Then they give the CD, which is like, oh, okay. And then six months later, you get the 32X and oh, cool, 32X. And then six months later, the Saturn's announced. And you're like, like, that's better, but fucking slow. Like, why didn't you sit down and think about this a little more? Right. It was rapid, just just throwing stuff out as fast as you possibly could. You know, because you keep doing this, you know, again, you're going to lose. Granted, there's a lot of people who are just WWE through and through. And that's fine. That's what they like. For me, though, it's a little frustrating. It's a little nauseating. No, I agree. Especially with, you know, you're so used to somebody being as someone and then all of a sudden you just change complete, you know, you go 180 and change the names and change the whole gimmick. I mean, honestly, though, this kind of puts him in a direction because I felt like in NXT, LA Knight didn't really have a direction. They had that one really good storyline with Cameron Grimes when it came to Ted DiBiase. Uh, but after that, he really didn't have much. It, for me, LA Knight, Eli Drake was at that time their biggest signee, their big signee. Oh, I agree. That was agree. that was the gimmick I got from him. He was the next big name because right. well, he was the big name that they had signed. Yeah. But I'm willing to see what happens here. Hopefully it's not something that they release him in like six months. Well, I mean, if he does, then LA, then uh, L- oh my God, Eli Drake, Drake comes returns. back, yeah. and then we get MJF Eli Drake promos. Oh my God, oh my God. This is another thing we want to talk about. I don't even know if it's worth talking about, but I want to touch base on that. Supposedly, we want to talk about works. Where supposedly MJF is like upset with his contract. Mm-hmm. I think it's super early for him to be saying he's upset. I know he's got two years to go. I'm almost convinced. Okay. I want to say it's like 50, 50. Like I've seen things where he's not getting paid what he should be. Right. He wants a little more money. But I also see his point where, you know, he's definitely trying to work to make himself more valuable when his contract comes up. Right. So, you know, in high, you know, realistically speaking, he knows his value. He has a lot of value. Oh, yes. We don't want him going to WWE, but we see what he's doing. He's pumping up his numbers. Right. You know, where when 2024 comes around, Tony kind of look at him and go, yeah. yeah, you know what? You are worth what Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, what these guys signed for. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, a sports player in their contract season. You know, he's doing it for two years, but he wants to do the best he can. So that way, when it comes around to contract negotiations, he, he can be like, hey, Look at all this shit that I did in the past year and a half. Uh, where's my money? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think if he does go to WWE, hypothetically, I think he needs to pull the strings that Cody did. Yes. And I wouldn't say that about anybody. Many people. But due to what he can do, anything less than what he does now in WWE is a waste Oh, I agree. Hands down. Hands and down. I feel like that's exactly what would happen because he can't be MJF 100% in WWE. It's, they won't let him. It's, it's <laughs> not going to be possible. This is the sum of the shit that he says. And I mean, 
I'm an old man when it comes to re- uh, wrestling stuff, and it takes me back. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> you can't say that shit on air anymore. But MJF does it. Yeah. So I don't know. I think this is all interesting stuff that you know the dynamic of the world right now. Um, actually, no. To kind of go off of this, Jonathan Grisham had to drop the Progress World Title mm. this week. Um, I think there's gonna be a tournament. You know, because they knew Scott wanted to put tournaments, so they like, hey, John, you need you to drop it. Scott needs another tournament in his life. He doesn't have right. enough to do. Right, of course. Um, but it sounds like he dropped it. I think there was there was some stipulation if like he got disqualified in his last match, he would get stripped of the title, and that's what happened. Um, so yeah, I mean, they 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 did it in a clever way, but it's obvious why he dropped that title. Yes, it oh. is. Especially, you know, I think he technically signed with AEW, somebody said, or yes. Ring of Honor. Yeah. So now he's, you know, a AEW signed talent working for a WWE promotion. Correct. And obviously that's not going to fly. So, <laughs> no, this is an ECW back in, you know, the late 90s. Right. Where you had Taz take on Mike Awesome when they were both signed to other companies. Right. Speaking about wrestling, um, the greatest wrestler of all time has decided that he's not done wrestling. Ric Flair is coming out of retirement at 73. He uh, wanted to wrestle Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I believe Ricky said no. And Ricky <laughs> said no. I've seen the videos that Ric Flair's been doing with Jay Lethal, and the fact that those two are wrestling with one another, just like training wise, is just—it's amazing. I will never forget their their woo off in in TNA. Easily one of the best things that ever came out of TNA. Uh, if you guys haven't seen that video, go on YouTube and look it up. It's just, oh my god, the the promo between the two of them is just—it was oh my god, it was so good. Um, but. Yeah, Flair's 73. I, I get if he needs money, but God damn it, you don't need to wrestle anymore. Please don't. You can no. die in that ring. Give him give him something. Like, like, don't, yeah, like you said, I wouldn't want to see him, you know, if he can look good, sure. It's kind of like when, um, Oh, was the Rock and Roll Express won the NWA titles a couple of years back? Yes. Yep. It wasn't a long reign, but it was kind of like one of those. They wrestle. I mean, they still look pretty decent for their age. I know one of them retired. Oh, one of them wrestles with their son now. You know, they've gotten. But like, give them some kind of like, uh, whether it's commentary, whether it's an interview, whether it's a, you know, it's Ric Flair. I mean, he could be, a, he can be a personality. Yeah. You know, there is, there is value. Which is again what I think something that AEW does really well is there's value they see the value in having a lot of these older stars, not so much wrestle, but be there to you know, they'll guide the younger talent. Yeah. You know, Sting. Yes, we see Sting in the ring, which he's again he looks great for how old he is. Yeah, that's very true. But you know, it's mostly he's you know behind Darby Allen, right? Dustin Rhodes, a lot of people from his school, um. Just a lot of these older, yeah, just, uh, I think Rick, whether it be WWE, or whether it be AEW, or whether it be NWA, or whether it be AAA, like, like a go, go down the aisle. Right. But I don't know. I'm curious. We're going to, we're going to see what happens. Um, 
there when the time comes. I think I think that was all the news. I think there yeah. wasn't anything that I can think about. I know there was some stuff about the AEW Fight Forever game where there have been issues, but we're gonna. I don't want to. I don't want to hinder on that too much because I'm waiting to see. Because there was a there was a there was an event where they kind of did something. They were releasing information, and I was never able to find it on the AEW Games chat. I don't know if it was like they, a Twitch thing or they they had reveals for um, Nyla Rose and and Chris Statlander. Um, the models look good. Um, it's probably like smackdown versus raw like 2007-ish type um models i mean they're fine uh the gameplay though i'm more of a realistic style of of wrestling fan like what 2k22 has been doing for wwe this this year has been fantastic um easily the most realistic um game that they've had uh but the aw fight forever i know they're still they're still developing it but everything's so bouncy like when they hit a move the person bounces like four times and it's just like from if people like the arcadey side stuff that's great this is easily gonna be probably one of the best arcadey-esque type games that they they've ever made um but for someone who likes realistic style this is probably not going to be your game um you might just want to own it just for the sake of owning, you know, an AEW game. It's kind of like having that TNA game that was way back in the day. Um, that was some really good stuff. I never got a chance to play it because I, did, I believe it was, I don't remember exactly what platforms they were on, but I, you know. Yes, three, 360, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I had the 360, but I never, I, I never, actually, I probably never even knew the game existed, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> that was not during the time I was watching TNA. Sorry, so, PS2, 360, PS3, and Wii. Okay. All right. But, I mean, I've gone back and I've looked at videos of it. And, and for the time, they, they did a really, really good job with that game. So I'm assuming that the AW Fight Forever will slide into that type of game you know, style. Um, and I'm sure it'll do well. I'm sure the fans will go out and they'll purchase it. Like I said, I might even buy it just to see how it is, how long I own it. I don't know, but we'll see. I'm always willing to give it a shot. Um, I know that it's going to be very limited. I, I think there's only going to be 50 playable characters. Um, there might be DLCs down the road, but they're not sure. Uh, very limited uh, options within the game, too. I guess they're going to focus on online, which I guess is good because people like to play online a lot. Um, but the single-player stuff inside, I don't. I think that's going to be very limited. Uh, so for me personally, that's a bit of a bummer because I'm not really an online person when it comes to wrestling games because people just spam the shit out of one move and it's just it's it's annoying as shit. Yeah. So, and, and again, you know, with the with the way everything is, you know, if things don't work well with Ukes, um, there are so many other companies that would want to do it. That's true. That I think who could do it. Speaking of Ukes, and I don't know if you saw this, but there were there were reports that came out that apparently Kenny Omega hated working with Ukes on this. That well, that's what I was going with. Yeah, he's that's kind of where we're starting with everything going on. So yeah, I don't know. It's again, that's just what somebody reported. Doesn't mean it's actually the truth. This didn't come from Kenny's mouth. So yeah. I don't know. So if that's even the case, and I think just before we lead off into the this week's results. This week, Warner Time Warner, you know, Warner Media Discovery had their upfront event. AEW yes. was not there because I mean they were shooting a show, right? 
Um, but I think would have been fast. They, they were, weren't they still pushed though heavily they, as they, one of the big things? They, I went looking. The only thing that they said they were on, they were actually when they were packaged, there was their sports like like montage where they had the NBA stuff, the NHL stuff. AW yeah. was actually thrown in there. So okay. from that logic, the whole scripted thing, they're not me, they're not counting as scripted content. Okay. And it sounds yeah. like they're they definitely will be, you know, pushing them. Um, I didn't see much again, like Tony Khan. What I think this was in this was in Madison Square Garden, okay. I think, or the uh, uh, some conference room in Madison Square Garden. And I forgot where Dynamite took place. So they never had somebody to represent. Right. Which I, makes sense. Um, I think Tony, Tony probably should have taken the night to go to that. Um, but I, I, I have hope if, they're, if this is what I'm reading and this looks correct. I mean, again, even, even the Rampage, yes, Rampage gets bad views, but that's because, A, we're in the middle of the NHL, the NBA playoffs. Yep. It's on a Friday. Again, there's a lot of people like me who I love watching Rampage. But half the time I go to Scott. Scott, I'm actually going to go out tonight. Right. Would you mind? And you're like, yeah, not a problem. Because you're on the other end where you're like, I don't mind staying. I don't mind staying on a Friday. Yeah. I'm an, I'm an introvert as it is when it comes to most things. So hey, I have no problem being home. And hey, I get to watch more wrestling. Sure. Why not? Yeah. So on the other end of that, Dynamite, even though, yeah, they're not cracking a million. It's not Raw SmackDown. However, on the nights that it is performing, most of the time it's like in the top 10. Yes. You know, there push- even leads it even leads cables for Wednesday night, which is pretty damn good in its own mm-hmm. right. I think there have been times where it has led yep. over sports games. It has led over some playoff games. Yep. So with that in mind, I mean wrestling, wrestling is it's still booming. Yep. You know, and if if and I don't want to, geez, I'm going on tangents. <laughs> But I was reading something, and I didn't want to bring it up, but I'm kind of curious. You and I, we can talk about it off air. I guess three year, days ago, Sean Ross Sapp, is that the guy from uh, Fightful? Yep. Yeah, he said that there's another promotion that is about to sign a TV deal. Yes, I did see that. They didn't. I don't believe he said who, but... Yeah, he said it's somebody you're not going to believe. And I'm like, now I need to know. I'm like, I don't know... I. I know he's one of the resources, the big resources. I don't know how accurate his information is. With him, it's it's pretty damn accurate. He's one of the ones that I definitely trust the most uh, on on Twitter when it comes to wrestling news. Uh, so, of of course, he's human. He's going to be incorrect from time to time, but more times out of out of not, he's he, he the man knows what he's talking about. So, um, I'm I'm very interested to see who that could be. Um, I'd love it to be NWA, honestly. I'd love Impact to have a better TV deal because I'd love to be able to start watching them again. Um, I don't know, maybe control your narrative. It could be, honestly, it could be anybody. Maybe, fuck, maybe even even stardom getting a show in the U.S. or New Japan. New Japan Strong or MLW. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, MLW, another one um maybe triple a comes back to the states maybe that would be huge too so i don't know it's it, it'll 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 definitely be interesting to see who this ends up being hopefully we find out sooner rather than later yeah 
just so Scott and I have other things to do over our very busy lives. Right, of course. Free time? No, no, no. We have we have to add some more wrestling to it because we don't watch enough as it is. No, we don't. We don't watch enough wrestling at all. We don't know enough. No. I'm still amateurs, actually. That's right. That's right. So that being said, we're going to go into our, our, our results from the week. Um, just kick it off with AEW Dynamite May 18th, the day after my 31st. Um, kicking it off. We had, I believe, Samoa Joe taking on the Joker, which happened to be Johnny Elite. Mm. John Morrison. This was... This was ex- this was exciting. You know, I did not expect John Morrison to come over. John Lee, Johnny Nitro, Johnny, you know, whatever you want to call him. Um, there were a couple small things in the match. I think we both noticed, but it wasn't like dire. You know, I right. think there was a, a a splash that didn't hit correctly, but it was good. Samoa Joe moved forward, which is not what I thought would happen when you no. debut somebody like this. Yeah. So it kind of makes you wonder if this was maybe just a one off. Or if he's, I don't know, because I didn't, I don't remember seeing like a Johnny Elite is or Johnny Elite is Elite. I didn't see one of those pictures, so maybe this was just a, a one-off thing. We'll find out. I don't know. Maybe he'll show up in Vegas. I think that'd be really cool. Um, and that kind of leads into who possibly could be the female Joker. And I know you and I had an idea of who that might be. We were wrong, but still, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was it was worth the guess. Yes, it was. Um, following that, oh, uh, first of all, match of the week, match of the week for me, hands down. Hangman Page taking on Kanosuke <sighs> Takeshita. This match, okay, I liked him in the last match. Mm-hmm. This one slapped. Yes, I, uh, this could have been the main event of a pay per view. It was so good. Crowd was ate lot- it up. Uh, I think you yeah. said you were feeling like some old school Kenny vibes. Yes. Yep. Like this I had just, New Japan written all over it. They need to fucking sign this kid. Right. Like the, he's not a nobody. This kid is a star. Even Kenny was talking about it too. He's like, "Hey, I might be able with injuries, but at least somebody from DDT wrestling is out there kicking your ass." <laughs> I was like, "Yes." Kenny from the sidelines being real loud. I like it. Despite what people say about DDT Pro and exposing the business, you know, some of those guys are going to get really fucking creative yep. when you're A, wrestling either nobody or you're wrestling sex dolls or right. whatever you're doing. you got to yep. get creative and you got to make it look good. Yep. And the fact that you make nothing look good and then come here and look like fucking Okada. Yep. This kid needs to stay in the fucking limelight. I agree. 100%. I'm not just saying that. Like, I was just blown away by this match. Yeah, it was... Like you said, this was like a New Japan match. Yeah. What else do you want me to say? You want me to get the tissue box out? Because this is... this is <laughs> It's not X-rated, the show. Sorry. Following that, we had a... I believe it was a squash. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland taking on the Workhorsemen. Yes. With, obviously, our boys... Lee and Strickland getting the win, mm-hmm. which led to what Scott was probably more excited about than anything about the pay-per-view coming up. Getting ourselves a triple threat tag team match for the titles. And I believe the la- on the last week's show that I said that this might end up happening, 
I didn't wasn't sure hundred percent on who the other teams would be, but I had a feeling that Jurassic Express would have to put the titles on the line because Christian needs to cost them the titles. So then we can move into our Christian versus Jungle Boy storyline that the seeds have been planted for that for months now, and it's time to pull the trigger. And as much as I love Jurassic Express, I need to see Jungle Boy go on his own. And it needs to happen. And this is no shot to, to Luchasaurus at all because I love him too. But Jungle Boy is a star in the making. And this man will lead this company in the future. Like he's there's have a reason why he's not a pillar, you know, honestly. It's just like just holy shit, let's let, let's go. Everyone who's on that pillar t-shirt, the four, the five, we'll say six when you include Brit, Brit and Dante. Right. Every single one of those people are going to hold this fucking belt at one point or another. Yeah. Promise you that. Speaking about pillars, we're going to talk about the most important pillar of all, MJF. <laughs> In Warlow with the 10 lashings. <laughs> this, yeah. this was outstanding. Oh, my God. The way Wardlow just sat there and just ate eight of the shots from MJF, which is great. I love how MJF just got so frustrated. He just kept whipping Wardlow and Sean Spears had to grab him and go, you only have 10. <laughs> and oh. then it was that eighth one that caught uh, Wardlow uh, like across the collarbone. That was the first one that made him actually double over a little bit. And I was just like, oh, shit, this man takes eight shots. Takes the ninth one, he's fine. And then MJF kicks him in the balls, which I thought was brilliant. Very like, MJF of you. He got all of that. <laughs> and Wardlow just, oh my God. Yeah, this is, um, this match next week on Dynamite when he takes on Sean Spears is going to be brutal. And I can't wait for it. I love Sean Spears so much. Just everything about him is just amazing. But he's going to be fed to Wardlow. And uh, the, the one thing, though, that kind of makes me wonder what's going on is that MJF is the special guest ref for this match. So how does Wardlow win? Part of me feels like MJF's going to get hit maybe by Sean Spears, and then Wardlow will do the pick up MJF's hand and do the one, two, three. That's how I kind of feel like this is the only way Wardlow's going to win this match. But he has to win it or else the match is not going to happen at the pay-per-view. And if we don't get MJF and Wardlow, I'm going to riot. <laughs> I don't I don't not see it happening. That's the thing. Like, I don't – this is going to be interesting. This is really going to be interesting. Um, I don't even know. It's got to be a lot of fun. I'm, 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 I love matches when you go in and you have absolutely, you, you think you have an idea of how this is going to go and then it's going to go somewhere completely different because that's just how they are. And Ooh. it's going to be great to watch. Wait a minute. Who did Wardlow give the ring to? CM Punk. But Punk's in the middle of doing stuff with Hangman, so I don't think he's going to interfere. Fair. But also, this could set up the potential Punk-MJM feud for the title if they win, if he wins. True. That is true. I, I, I don't... There's got to be somewhere... 
We're going by you have to be pinned. You can't leave the cage, right? Um, I don't know, actually. If it's a traditional cage match, it's normally how it works, but I don't know if there's that stipulation or not. Honestly, that, 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 would, that, would, that would make things even more complicated if it's only by pinfall and not by escape. Interesting. See, now it just adds a whole new wrinkle to, to Wednesday's show. Interesting. Interesting. As long as I don't do this new, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, Scott. Sorry, guys. Was WWE bullshit with the, oh, yeah, you, you can leave the cage by a ref who can open the door for you. Like, you want to get, it's so dumb. It's uh, just. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Leaving by the door is like the weakest way to leave that ring. Has anyone actually left by that door? Oh, yes. In recent years. Oh, yes. Yeah, that, that's happened a lot. Pretty much every WWE cage match normally ends with somebody going out the door. But but I will say most of the time they've made it very compelling. Um, I think for, what was it? This was a while ago, but it was Jericho and I believe Kevin Owens um, had a still cage match and they had like one of the most ridiculous endings to it at all. Like they were both literally fighting with one another at the door like half bodies are out and they're punching each other and shit like that. And then um, I don't, I'm, I don't remember who won, but like literally one got hit so hard. He fell completely out of the ring and that's how, and that's how the match ended. Um, so stuff like that, like if you can do it in a compelling way, it's fine. But normally, yeah, if you're just walking out the door, it's kind of like, eh, whatever. Okay. Okay. Well, we will, uh, Makes makes us wish we flew in on Tuesday, right? All right. Oh my God. That's all right though. I, I will, yeah, I'll definitely be my eyes will be glued to the TV watching this, and then I'm gonna go promptly to bed. <laughs> oh yeah, what time are you flying out? Well, I don't fly out until five o'clock, but I got a four-hour drive ahead of me before I get to the airport. So okay. that's gonna be that's gonna be the killer. <laughs> yeah, I gotta figure out how I'm getting there. I'm we're talking about plans. We shouldn't be talking about plans while we're here. Um <laughs> Following that, we had, I thought, was another great match. Kyle O'Reilly taking on Ray Phoenix for Kyle yeah. O'Reilly to move forward against Samoa Joe. I was honestly a little surprised by that. I thought it was Ray. I thought it was going to be Ray. I thought, me too, yeah. But obviously, Kyle winning is great, but now it's going to be Kyle and Joe. So, uh, oh boy. <laughs> That's going to be a fun match too. Winner obviously taking on Adam Cole. So, yeah. Well, if, you know, a couple of things could happen here. Um, I mean, we still remember how they both ended their uh, NXT career for the most part. That is true. You know, so this could be a, uh, I don't want to say foreshadowing, but a continue, it could lead to a continuation if they go one-on-one. Very true. Or may I, we, we could talk about this all day because... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe Joe takes him out. Maybe. Or it's Jay Lethal and we lead to that hole. Well, I mean, <laughs> a Jay, lot of roads. Jay did attack uh, once again after Samoa Joe's match. Honestly, I expected Joe to be attacked during the match, which would have led to Johnny Lee getting the win, but that didn't happen. So I would expect if that happens again, um, if Joe beats Kyle and then they attack again, I feel like that's going to probably happen again at double or nothing i feel like they're going to continue to attack joe and i think at the pay-per-view if joe does win 
they'll attack during the match, maybe during a ref bump, and then Adam Cole's going to win uh, the Owen Hart Cup, which I think you and I called a long time ago. I hoped, I hoped that Dax would win round one, but the inside of me was like, now you know Adam Cole baby is going to win. No, he's, you know, especially after watching the promo from Rampage, now you really feel Cole's grasp. Yep. Like you really feel like he's now the man in charge and everyone's accepted it. He is the uh, tribal chief of AEW. You can't say that. It's already been taken. So I don't know what, you, what you'd call it. Well, I would call him probably the alpha. And then we just have to wait for the Omega to return. Mm. <laughs> Gosh, that pay-per-view. That might be something we have to get pay-per-view tickets for if that ever happens. Oh when that well, happens. Sorry, when that happens. It's gonna happen. Yeah, there's no there's no ifs about that one. There is a when. And it's just whenever Kenny is able to come back. And I know they did the Alpha Omega thing with Jericho, and I just wanted to have a clever play on words there. So <laughs> Well, following that, we had a real, oh, man, Chris Jericho and William Regal face-to-face. What year is it, Scott? Oh, my God. What year is it? Yep. And, of course, like, we want to talk about things that would never fly in WWE. This promo right here. The amount of shit that Jericho had to say. Like, I was just like, sir. I honestly, I'm never really a big fan of taking somebody's problems in their lives, like whether it be drugs, whether it be alcohol, you know, stuff like that, and bring it to a storyline. I, I just, there are certain things that should just be left outside of wrestling. And I feel like Mm -hmm. those are two of the biggest ones that should be left out, but Jericho throwing them both on and Regal did a great job of not really taking the bait because uh, I feel like Regal could have eviscerated Jericho in like five seconds if he chose to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think again, the difference here between this company and, you know, the former one, I think again, I think creative and Vince McMahon, like, Hey, you got real life problems. That's a good storyline. Right. I feel like here, I think this might've been more like a Jericho and Regal, obviously beforehand. Hey, uh, with this promo, it's going to make it personal. I want to cover this, this, and this. We cool with that. And also, actually, now that you mentioned it that way, it makes sense that the Jericho Appreciation Society, who are now sports entertainers, would be bringing this up. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. It does make yeah. sense. I still don't like it, but it does make sense. No, so- I, I I get that. If it was like anything else, if like he was really going through a current problem that he didn't want to talk about and they went with it anyways, that's something I don't like. But we got anarchy in the arena coming up because they're not doing the stadium stampede. However, I think there are greater things afoot. Okay. Because, yes, we're, we're going to get this. And, Scott, we might have people. That was my chair. Wow, you guys missed me almost fall on my ass. <laughs> so we might be looking at. <laughs> I mean, hell, we're in seats nine and ten in our thing, so people might get thrown into ours. So maybe that's you just practice. We'll make foreshadow. our pay-per-view debut. Well, we are we, I've been on Ring of Honor pay-per-view, so this might be a... But anyways. So we got this going on. But you know... You know what's going to come. You know... 
that we need something bigger to handle this feud in the future. And you know, with a man who is now with the company involved, needs to happen. Blood and guts. Blood and guts. I think we're going to get it. I feel like this is the first of many. Oh, probably. I've also, I have noticed conspicuous by his absence, Willie Yuta not being around recently. I don't know if he's doing stuff. Elsewhere. Oh, no, they mentioned that on the, um, and I did see it. He's wrestling in Japan right now for the uh, best of the Super Juniors. That's right. That's why he's not there. Yeah. Thank you. Because I was confused. It was like, everybody else is out. I'm like, where's Willie Yuta? But that's right. He's over in Japan. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So we might not see him till the pay-per-view. Depends on when. Oh, now you got me wondering. Last of the Super Juniors. Mm. Not 2001, 2020. So we got quite a tournament to go. Literally goes off the same G1 format. Uh, block A, block B. So it's going to be for a while, yeah. Okay. He's towards the end of the card. He only has two points. We'll have to talk about this after. This is a uh, because who's also over there right now? Ace Austin's over there. Mm. Robbie Eagles, TJP. Yeah, he's only wrestling Eagles, Desperado, Neat. That's it. And Alex Zane. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, I think he's he's supposed to be in the. uh... No, he's not. No, yeah, he's purposely left out of it. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I mean, he's in the tournament. That's a big thing. That's not. New Japan tournaments are not, you know, for the faint of heart. It's true. Wrestling at its finest. Hmm. Following that. We had the women's tournament quarterfinal. Britt Baker taking on a Joker. I thought it was going to be Ty Valkyrie once, you know, Johnny came out. Had it been Johnny Gargano, we were talking Candice LeRae. Yep. Obviously, it was neither. It was, and I don't care what anyone says. I had people texting me that they were upset. Maki Ito was the Joker. I don't, she is so annoying. It's incredible. I, I want more of her. <laughs> So good. Yeah, and, and it's funny because her and Britt were actually tag team. I believe it was last uh, Double or Nothing. So they knew each other. I believe even hugged before this match started. And Yeah, because remember, she did the she wants to go do like the She just fell down on her back and she's laying there. And then Britt goes to do it. And I think she goes to roll her up. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, there's no way we're going to be pulling the, oh my gosh, you rolled her up. Like, and then it got, got personal. Like, yep. This was a lot of fun. I don't care what you said. Like, yeah, I enjoyed this a lot too. You know, and plus she's over there and Britt was smacking her head and she looked at her and started laughing. She starts doing it herself. Like, just a lunatic. Just, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I don't think the, the women's division has a lot of comedic characters per se. Per se. No, I, I yeah, I. You probably before her change, I would probably say Chris Stylander would be the only comedic esque style wrestler, but she can go. Um, but yeah, 
having Ito back, that's yeah, that that yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was missing something about Hook and Danhausen on this. Or was that last week? They well, this week they did like a montage of the two teams working out. Where oh, they did that on Rampage. Yes. Oh, that's right. That was Rampage. Yep, sorry. But yeah. But we got Hookhausen. We have Hookhausen. So finally. Um we we also had the awkward interview. Well, not really interview, but the little segment with Serena Deeb and Dustin Rhodes. I love Serena Deeb, but this mic work was a little awkward for me. Like I don't think she should have had the mic this long. It just I don't know. It I don't know. It just it didn't it didn't really fly or didn't really flow well. And the fact that we've only seen Thunder Rosa on TV since she's won the title for like maybe 20 minutes since she's won the title is also a, a travesty of justice. But yeah, I don't know. This match kind of going in with not a lot of build. So I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm 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 super excited for this match. The match itself is going to be great, but I feel like they could have done a lot more building this thing up. And I feel like they've dropped the ball in this one. So it's crazy because anytime Serena Deeb's involved, like I feel like I'm getting one of the biggest deals in women's wrestling. Yeah. I'm bar none. She's easily one of the best that they have. But she shows up for like a match and then she disappears for a couple months on TV. I always feel like we need to see more of her. Right. Like we need to, I'm going to say it. And I don't want to segment them. I know New Japan does it and I think it works really well, but we might need just a straight women's wrestling show or kind of do, yeah, do a women's wrestling show, but you know, allow, I don't know, a men's match in there or just let all the women have the whole hour, hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it'd be nice to have just the women do their own thing for a show. I think that'd be great. You could also cycle them in through Rampage and through Dynamite, but they have their own dedicated show where they can work on, you know, they can make the TBS title be the main show, uh, the main title of that show. Or maybe you could even throw the main champion there from time to time. Have it be like a developmental, like, way to grind out um, the women there and try to help them hone their craft and move, slowly move themselves up the chart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that would work. Um Impact Wrestling, I think, has one of the best breakdowns when it comes to men's and women's time on TV. I mean, hell, they fight each other. Yeah, they will. I mean, intergender wrestling, that's that's questionable with some of the bigger companies out there. But, like, in regards to Impact, Impact and NXT are, like, the only two companies I know, or, sorry, only two shows I know, for the most part, that are in the limelight, where you really don't know who's going to get the up, like, who's going to be you know, who's going to be headlining that show? Like you got so equal, equal to them, you know, NXT, you know, and it, again, it's not one of those things where it's just, you know, they're not just pushing. You got, you got some really compelling storylines like, Oh, yeah. you know, you got Jordan Grayson taking on so-and-so or Deanna Prado taking on so-and-so or NXT, you had Raquel Gonzalez and, or like Dakota Cot. like there was a good, like, you just never knew. Right. Whereas, you know, AEW is kind of like, okay, we are halfway through the show. It's about, Nine to nine thirty, and there's the women's match. Yep. 
And then WWE, I mean, they do have a lot more women's wrestling. But, I mean, how, how often do they main event? Like a Raw or a SmackDown? It, I mean, Sell them? Yeah, they'll, they'll do it. It'll happen. But, yeah, it, it, it's got to be – normally it involves a champion or Becky Lynch. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's – Maybe at this point, maybe once a month, which is still pretty good considering what they used to be. So, yeah, I don't know. Minor, minor, something that definitely can be improved. Hmm. I think, again, Impact has one of the best, if not the best women's division in the industry. Fight me on that one. I'll fight somebody. All the no, new gender I mean, match the, on that the, one. The, knock, <laughs> the knockouts division has been a, a really good division for a very long time. It's been a knockout, wouldn't you say? <laughs> so following that, we had Owen Hart uh, semifinal match, I believe. Yes. Adam Cole taking on Jeff Hardy. Great match, yep. solid match, exactly what I expected. Yep. I know Scott had something to say about the way this match ended. And I'll let you say it because it didn't come out of my mouth. And I wanted <laughs> you to elaborate for people while we watch this. Well, I mean, I, I guess I'm just trying to figure out what exactly. Because obviously we, we both knew that, that Adam Cole was going to win this match. Um, you even talked about this the week before saying that this is the perfect way to get more momentum for Cole to go in. Oh, and he has it now. Yeah. And so, yeah. So the thing I was saying, cause we were talking about, because the match ended almost on the hour. Oh yes, that's true. And then yes. it hot when there was a brawl going out. Yeah. It's very WCW of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember there's been WWE shows where they've done that, but I know exactly yes. what you meant because it kept going and I was like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, I don't know who's back there. They need to time it a little better. Or maybe Honestly, they want to go out like that. I think, yeah, I think they do that on purpose because it makes you now want to see what happens because, you know, it's one of those, oh, this happened after the show type of thing. Because back in the day, WCW used to do this on the regular. Like it was literally almost every single week there'd be some type of brawl that would be happening in the show. And then you have Shivana go, we're out of time. And the screen goes black. And he even did it on this episode. And I popped so hard when he said it. I'm like, oh my God, yes, it's the 90s again. Yeah, I did hear that. I was like, wow, I haven't heard that in years. Yeah. That was, that was. Yeah, and I know WWE do, does it too. They'll have their um, what was it like w, uh, WWE on dot com exclusive. Like, yeah, they'll they'll have a thing after like after the show and stuff like that. I don't know if they, if AEW did that for this, um, uh, but normally they I think they just roll right into what the rampage tapings. But they they so, need to do that. I think that would be beneficial for them I if they want to go out like that. Right. I mean, honestly, though, it's it's an extra treat for people who buy tickets. That's what I always looked at it when it was a WCW show. It's like, oh, good. You get to watch another, you get to watch a brawl for another, you know, two, three, four, five minutes after the show's gone off the air. So it's like that little extra added treat. Um, so yeah, I, I'm fine with it. I, I think it's, I think it's fun um, because it, it, you end on a high note. You're always, it's a brawl. You're always going to be, have some energy watching this. So it just makes you be like, oh, what the hell happened? Who won? And they always recap it the next show. So yes, yes. So, it's a good dynamite. We're getting there. We're close. 
I think this is more exciting because we're going. I know. Like, I'm just like, and again, Forbidden Doors a month after, less than a month after, and we know this pay-per-view is going to line up some, again, Scott has 911 on speed dial. (laughs) If anybody comes out that I'm going to lose my mind over. You just need a coin drop. That's all we need. I'll just call call the ambulance. It's coming. It's coming, Scott. That being said, on top of all of this going on, Scott, we cannot ignore. And Steven, this is for you. <laughs> We're on the road to Slammiversary as well. Yes, sir. Um, results from this week's impact. Crazy Steve with Decay defeated Zicky Dice with Johnny Swinger. Uh, Laredo Kid defeated Mike Bailey in an Ultimate X qualifying match. Uh Oh, they had an interview with Ace Austin over in Japan for the Super Juniors tournament. Nice. Um, Triple A champion Taya Valkyrie, Mia Yim, and Jordan Grace defeated Knockouts World Champion Tasha Steele, Savannah Evans, and Deanna Perrazzo. That looks like something we're going to have to go back and watch. Right. The Good Brothers defeated the OGK, Matt Taven, and Mike Bennett. Masha Slimovich defeated Shauna Reed. And then Impact World Tech Team Champions, the Briscoes, defeated Violent by Design. Oh, yeah, they're Impact Champions, aren't they? I forgot they about are. that. Yeah, Impact Tag Champs that won at, um, at their last pay-per-view. Yeah, so I, it's funny. I'm gonna have to throw this on this week because I'm super curious. I do have, I do DVR Impact still, so I'm gonna have to watch this. I'm kind of curious going into Slammiversary. I should. I mean, I got my computer. I have play shit all the time when I'm working. I don't see why not work from home. Benefits, right. my friend. I I like the fact that Eric Young and Josh Alexander are having a Impact World Title match at Slammiversary. I love to see. EY back in the title title hunt. So which so, a lot of fun. I want to watch this. But hey, this was when GCW is gonna be in Providence, uh, which I still also won't be able to be at. Because you're at a and, wedding. <laughs> and I'll be at a wedding, yeah. It's wedding season. So Slammiversary is happening at the Nashville Fairgrounds. Nice. The asylum. So is this an inside venue? No, there's a sports arena there. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, Josh Alexander and Eric Young for the Impact title. Ace Austin, Kenny King, Mike Bailey, Trey Miguel, Alex Shelley, and two more contestants for the X Division title. Tasha Steele, Chelsea Green, Deanna Peraza, Jordan Grace, and Mia Yim for the Impact's Knockouts title. So Pretty good card already. Mm-hmm. And I think Gail Kim came out and announced the first of a Queen of the Mountain very nice um is that a tournament match uh (laughs) here's some homework for you sam uh with tna uh they had a match called the king of the mountain tournament um i highly suggest you go and 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 look this up uh this this could be amazing or a complete shit show so i'm excited to see what happens (laughs) yes yes 
I will do that. Um, and also on top of that, another Sean Ross Sapp thing I just saw, I guess rumor has it that they might be bringing back the six-sided ring. Well, I saw a rumor. There, I saw this yesterday. Yeah. Uh, one, of the, one of the accounts out there in, in wrestling Twitter had, had made this announcement. Like they didn't really, they had no sources. They just said it was happening. And a bunch of people from the, the wrestling journalism came out and said that this was false. So inclu- including um, SRS. So I'm interesting to, I'm interested to see what happens. Uh, Jordan Grace also said that this is there's no truth to this because there's the article no that I, the article that I saw said that all the wrestlers had a vote and they all unanimously decided to bring it back. And Jordan, Jordan Grace is like, um, ah, no. okay, no, he okay. So he said, just so you know, this account is a lies a lot. Okay, yeah. so you guys can hit me for that one. No, um, it's no, it's whatever. That's interesting. Uh, well, I saw it and I was skimming through. So I would oh, honestly though, I, I I was a fan of the six sided ring, but the 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 wrestling dynamics and and like the way you have to go about doing things in a match is, is so different than the traditional four sided ring. So um, maybe a one off would be great. No, I was thinking but, make it like a like a almost like a war games where you have the two rings. Yeah, yeah, the specialty. Yeah, with the six sides. It's yeah, it's I'm trying to remember. I think it's it's the rings hurt more because they're more tightly wound because there's more option. There's more whatchamacallits. Um, I don't know. It's mm, I think it'd be fun. But unfortunately, that was, yeah, just a a, a tweet made for for clout. OK, that's interesting. Spreading unfortunate in uh, disinformation. So, well, yeah, I was again, I was looking through his account today and I don't really like if you send it to me, I know there's some credibility because you've already looked through it. And then looking through his, I'm like, he has a lot of ifs, ands, or buts. And I'm like, well, I mean, he, he gets, he gets information from his sources and, you know, sometimes the sources are wrong. It happens or things change or, or when they, when he first announced the information, you know, out to, you know, his, his fans through his, uh, his Patreon uh, account, Sometimes the information changes. So yeah, people, people like to rag on him a lot. Um, a lot of reason also because he sticks up for himself. Somebody calls him out and he feels like it's not warranted. He'll just obliterate him. And it's, it's hilarious to watch, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's, it, it's wrestling. It, it's the internet wrestling community. They feel like, their voice is more credible than someone who actually has a legitimate source. So, you know, you're, 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 you're bound to get some ridiculousness online. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. That's good to know. That's good to know. Well, we're going to go with what happened on Friday on rampage. This is a loaded, loaded rampage. It was. They keep loading these cards. I'm like, I look at this and I'm like, how I'm like, this is a one hour show. Yeah. It's like, how can they fit 400 matches into a one hour show? <laughs> Here it goes. And I don't feel short. No, I, that's the thing. Like I'm used to, I think in the beginning they had three matches. I'm like, Oh, this is pretty cool. Now they've got like four or five with interview segments in between. It's just like, Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, we had- I like the way they do things. They cut out entrances for some of them, especially their opening match. I, I, I've actually really enjoyed that. They don't need to have entrances. That that saves three, four minutes right there. 
boom, you have you have the match. The match can go a little longer. So when they do their tapings, it works out real well because they can edit and do whatever. Like this could be an hour and a half long, and they edit it into an hour. Well, it's, this it's the live be... shows that that are interesting. Yeah, and this is actually interesting because we're going to talk about that editing it down because something happened on the show which I was waiting for. We'll, we'll get we'll get to it. It was in the main event, so. Open a match, House of Black take it on Evil Uno 10 and Froyo does soul with uh, House of Black getting the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a good opener, good solid opener with Evil Uno getting the pin and then Death Triangle coming out with the tombstone at the end. Yep, with double or nothing and that solidified that trio's match, which is going to be ridiculous and I can't wait. Next up was Sean Spears taking on Big Demo. Big Demo, which was a uh, killing game. Killian Day making his debut in AEW. Like, I was super excited for this. But I also, like I, like I talked before, I love, this is where, this is where Sean Spears quote tweeted us when I, when I sent something out. I, I love Sean Spears' entrance. I don't know what Same. it is about it. It's just, it makes him feel like such a big deal. And, yeah, I just so I just tweeted that out. Just uh, literally, just an appreciation post for his his entrance. And the man quote he quote tweets us, and I was just like, I love this. Thank you. The, the other interesting thing about so I don't know about you. So I know for a while he's kind of been, I don't want to say the jobber of the pinnacle, but he was always kind of like the 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 more goofy, you know. But now he's been coming out. This entrance for some reason. This entrance this week, I felt like we were starting to see an equal to Wardlow. Mm. Yeah, that's what they're, they're trying to build him as the giant killer because he's beaten, you know, massive men the last couple of, you know, wrestling matches that he's had on television. So I like what they're doing. They're trying to pump him up, but part of me feels like as much as I love Sean Spears, Wardlow's going to just demolish him in this cage. And I mean, it just has to happen because we need to have Wardlow and MJF. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really the last match that needs to be announced. Correct. Well, following that, we had Chris Statlander taking on Red Velvet. Yeah, um, this was this the was last, tough. the last first round match um, because Chris had taken over for for Sheeta when she was removed from the tournament. Uh, this was interesting with Anna J coming out at the end after. Mm. Uh, who got the win there? It was Statlander. Statlander got the win. Then, they came out, kicked yeah. her. Yeah. And Anna Jay came out. Because, and it actually worked out real well, right after this match, Jake Cargill called out Anna Jay, and now they're going to have a women's mat, women's title match at Double or Nothing. So it, it made sense. Because I was the same way when I first came out. I'm like, why is Anna Jay out here? Like, I know she's friends with, with Statlander, but that's still... I don't know, Satlander's going through a, a change right now, so I don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden, they had an interview, like, I think it was either after the commercial break with Jade calling her out. So I'm like, all right, that makes sense now. So now we have another match for Jade. And I'm glad that she's going to be on the card because she's been doing a lot better lately. So, and obviously her, her undefeated streak. See if she goes 31-0 or if Anna Jay is that kryptonite. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious on that. Following that, we had 
we had this promo between uh, Men of the Year and then a video following it with Sammy, Ty, and Frankie, Frankie Kazarian. Yep. I must have missed this. When Sammy and Anna stole the belt. Mm-hmm. Was this on Dynamite or was this on Rampage last week? This was on uh, whenever Frankie and um, Scorpio Sky had their match. Dynamite. Yeah. So, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. No, that was yeah, last week. That was last Rampage, I believe. I'm going to sound like a jackass if I talked about it in the last episode just for me to come back on this episode. I don't even remember that happening. I, a lot's happened, so I understand it. Um, but yeah, after the match, um, when everybody was was attacking Kazarian, Sammy made the save, uh, and he ended up stealing the belt and leaving with it. I thought that, you know, how these things kind of work, you know, the champion eventually gets the belt back. But when Men of the Year came out for their interview, there was no title belt. So I'm like, this is weird. Okay, whatever. He just doesn't want to show off the title. But then when you have the, the, the video segment with Sammy and with, with, with Ty and with, with Frankie Kazarian coming in at the end, I was just like, wait, what are they doing? And then they destroy the title. And I'm like, why? Why do we have, a, have to have another title? <laughs> this, this, this title has gone through so many color changes. It's not even funny. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Now that Frankie's in the mix, I like there's a little bit of um. I haven't seen Frankie in the main in, in the spotlight here for a while. Yeah, he's been buried on on Dark and Evolution uh, and uh, Elevation for a while. So, which I'm I'm excited because I've always loved Frankie. Yeah, you know, he's an AEW original. I think he's very talented. I think he fits the company. You know, he's yes. just, uh, He's again. If there's a few people who I wouldn't, I, I don't think Frankie would. I don't think they'd do anything with him over on the other end. You know, you got people like MJF who could absolutely make money for them. Right, change the gimmick. Sure, Frankie. I think he fits the mold here. So yeah. you know, we need to we need to we need to get him a little more screen time here, which I think we will. Makes you also wonder if when ROH gets going, if they send him back to ROH because he had a nice stint in ROH too. So I think he would be. I, honestly, I think he might be a really good first champion for ROH. Like if they really decide to do stuff like that. Hmm. I don't know if they'll strip all the all the the other champions, but. No, because Vince Russo is not involved. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so following that, we had Moxley and Danielson of the Blackpool Combat Club taking on Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. Mm. This match was a this was a banger, a hard hitting match. Um, with our boys, the BCC getting the win. Um. No, it's just showing that it's not just peace, love, and wrestling, you know? Yeah, no, it's violence in there. Yeah, it's violence, you know? But this is, this is, we're talking about editing, and I'm, it's funny, I would watch this whole match, and I could not find the spot, and it must have, they must have edited it just before the commercial break. Because Brian Danielson's got his leg trapped between the ramp and the ring for 10 minutes. Right, yeah. I believe that this actually happened after the show went off the air because I believe the show ended on a brawl, if I remember correctly. Um, okay. Like, Dyn- like Dynamite did. And I guess, yeah, Daniel must have, he just fallen through and then the man couldn't get his leg out for 10 minutes. And I saw a whole bunch of videos throughout the week 
Shall we like Moxie trying to use his legs to push the push the ramp in and then push the the, the ring out? And uh, I don't know how he eventually got himself free, but yeah, I guess he was he was noticeably limping afterwards, but seems to be okay. That's what it sounds like. I have heard nothing bad since then. Sounds like he's good. Sounds like he's uh okay. Yeah, just a, a real bad scare because you know that's that's a that's a freak accident if I ever if I ever heard it. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is we again? Let's talk. They don't use this ramp often, but I wonder why they decide to go with the ramp like this. Yeah, I don't know. I I've not I've never really been a fan of the elevated ramp. Um, I mean, it does make for some cool moves when somebody does like a back body drop over it, and then you know they smash on their back. Or the uh, or, layout. Or you could, huh? Or the layout of the place. Right. Yeah. Um, and of course, you, you've had terrible incidences like with Cody when he was still with the company, flying over the top rope, missing his opponent, and destroying like the top half of his head. <laughs> so I don't know. It's it is what it is. Hopefully, after this, maybe they'll just be like, ah, oh, maybe we'll go back to the regular ramps with the stairs. It's probably a better idea. Probably, I think that makes sense. But um. Yeah, this was a good good week in wrestling. We're getting close, Scott. I'm excited. You're excited. Yes. Double or nothing, guys. As of this moment, don't forget, we were we are going to be doing our go home show next week. Probably Friday. Probably drop it on Saturday for you guys. Um, go through the card again quickly. Hook and Danhausen taking on Tony Neeson, Smart Mark Sterling, Jade Cargill taking on Anna Jay for the TBS title. Kyla Riley or Samoa Joe is going to take on Anna Cole for the men's Owen Hart Cup final. Tony Storm or Dr. Britt taking on Ruby Soho or Chris Statlander in the women's Owen Hart Cup tournament final. Thunder Rosa and Serena D for the AW Women's World title. Jurassic Express, Team Taz, Ian Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland three way for the AW tag titles. The Jericho Appreciation Society taking on Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz in the Blackpool Combat Club in an Anarchy in the Arena match. House of Black taking on Death Triangle. The Hardys and the Young Bucks. Yeah, that's official. Yep. We're getting a classic, something that hasn't happened since the day before I went to Mania 33. That's correct. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then last but not least, Hangman Page, CM Punk for the AEW title. Looking forward to this. We're going to have some updates with the go home show guys. Thank you for listening. If you don't already do so, please make sure you follow us on Twitter at above the ring. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at above the ring. Do not forget to follow ship it studios. Our rest our podcast network that you can hear us on. We are on all streaming platforms. If there's a platform you cannot find us on, please let us know on whatever you listen to Spotify, you know, Google play Apple plus. I know I went to Google play. Nobody listens to Google play. Uh, make sure you like share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, tell people why above the ring and ship it studios is the podcast. If you're choosing to why they should listen to us as well. This has been above the ring. Thank you so much for listening. Do not forget to ship it. And as always do not forget to join the bedlam. Welcome to the all eighties movies podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? 
Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.